You're listening to episode 117 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. Today's episode is a special one because we're having blogger and creator of Ugly Honest, Emily Whipple, on the show. And Em is one of my incredible Maverick Mastermind members. I'm having her on for a series of reasons, one being that you need to see what's truly possible for you and your idea or your blog or your business when you implement the strategy and you start to foster the belief in what's actually available to you. And because Emily created literally the most positive, uplifting, motivating community for moms that I have ever seen, she is leading the charge in helping mothers break through everything from postpartum depression to setting big goals. And she's growing this community and her offers and her programs in warp speed. You have to see this girl in action. I had to have her on the show to share her experience of what it's been like working together and what the shift was that happened and some of the things that she started to implement and learn along the way that will definitely help you in pursuit of your own business growth too. Okay, Emily, it's showtime. Time to give the world a taste of Ugly Honest and the woman behind it. Welcome to Scaling Up. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you today, Liz. Thanks. And I'm pumped to have you here. You are just amazing. And I've really loved working together, watching your brand absolutely take off, totally thrive. But I want to give our audience a chance to get to know you better. And so, you know, give us the rundown. Tell us more about you, what you do, and really why this mission is so important to you. Sure. Well, This really all started shortly after I had my son, Graham, who is four years old now. Um, And I actually have a second daughter, Evie, who's two. But after Graham was born, I really struggled to adjust to life as a new mom. Um, and, And a lot of the things that I was experiencing, people around me said, oh, that's really typical. You know, that's just like what mom life is. And it really just kept getting worse and worse until I happened to read an article in a magazine that a friend had sent and reading her symptoms and experiences opened my eyes to what postpartum depression can look like. And I realized that a lot of the things that I was going through were not normal new mom things. They were actually symptoms of some of a much bigger problem. So let's see, at that point, I think Graham was about eight months old and 
I finally, when he was a little bit older, got in for an appointment. That whole process took about four to six weeks. It was horrible. And it really wasn't until Graham was a year old that I started to feel like myself and to feel healthy again. I really struggled with even when I was feeling better after he had turned one and we were enjoying the summer, I'm a teacher, I was teaching at the time. So we had our summer off together, but I was really frustrated with the idea that we had lost that whole first year. My first year as a mom, Graham's first year of life. And it was really, a lot of it was a blur. I I have very few memories of that time. Um, And what I do remember isn't particularly positive, but After that summer, and I was trying to process everything and find purpose, I guess, in the pain. And one day it just hit me. I was like, I want to start a blog. I want to share my story with others so that maybe another mom who is going through the same thing realizes that, you know, the things that she's feeling are not normal. They're not a part of motherhood and that there are things she can do to um, help herself move to a better place. And ultimately help her family. That's kind of where it all started. Ugly Anna started as a blog, a way to share my experiences. And the mission in the beginning was to help one other mama, just to get that out there and and to help someone else. I love that. And it's, I feel like that's such a critical thing for so many people listening in who haven't started something yet or want to take that next step. It really has to be about the one You know, it has to be, it's worth it to take that leap, to put that piece of content out, to launch that course, to put yourself out there, to impact that one person. And from there it can grow because when it comes from such a place of authenticity, not starting saying, I want to build this blog because I want to, I want to go viral, but you're building that blog because you had something in your heart that you wanted to put out there knowing that it could serve somebody else. And then Ugly Honest was born. And I've had the privilege of getting to work alongside you and watch you grow this brand from a blog that wasn't generating revenue to a business that is now scaling. So prior to working through the scaling up curriculum and joining the Maverick Mastermind with us, paint a little bit of a picture of, you know, the, of the ugly, honest reality. Like what, what was it? What was the hope for it? But where were, where were you getting tripped up and going to pursue that vision that you had for Ugly Honest? Last fall, so about a year ago now, I had, the blog was about three years old and it was kind of time to either pour into it or give it up Um, because it does, there is money involved in running something like that and a lot of time. And while my husband, Nick was okay with, you know, if it helped one person a year was his kind of you know, well-meaning heart behind it, I was starting to feel a little bit frustrated and I wanted it to have a bigger impact and to just spread that message further. So last fall, I had stopped teaching after my daughter was born and I was working, I think about two days a week where the kids went to daycare and I was writing, I rebuilt my website and I was hustling. I was trying to do it by myself. I took a couple courses and, and I was able to get my website looking a little bit better the way that I wanted and to start seeing a little bit of the growth that I was hoping for. But I really, I 
I think I was paying attention to so many different ideas and I had a hard time focusing my energy and attention. Yeah. I would say that's probably one of the biggest roadblocks of our, our mastermind members and people who come into our courses and stuff is just like the squirrel syndrome where everything Everything needs to be done because you're not where you want to be yet, but you don't know where to start, which thing to tackle first, what to outsource, what to do yourself, what to totally ignore, what to prioritize. So when we connected, before we started diving into scaling up curriculum and all that stuff, what was the long-term vision you had for it? Like, what did you want Ugly Honest to become both as in terms of impact? Cause I know that's a really important thing to you, Emily, but also in terms of income and, and based on the way you were running it, what was the trajectory? Well, based on the way I was running it, the trajectory was to continue being in the red for <laughs> a long time. Um, I was just starting to do a little bit with some Amazon affiliates, but there really wasn't a clear income component to Ugly Honest. I partly because I enjoy the writing and I liked that part of it. So it was easier to focus on that. And my vision for it, I had a really difficult time seeing how to monetize it in a way that felt authentic to me. Um, because I am not a mental health professional, I got really hung up on helping moms with the postpartum depression and feeling like I even had the authority to do that or really the right to do that. So I think like at that point, my vision was I dreamed of making it something that would maybe match my teacher's salary was like my wildest, craziest dreams. A lot of people, to your point, when you're in a place like you were at, they know there's just like this kind of laundry list of things that you know you need to do. You have to figure out, are you going to go the affiliate route? Are you going to create an offer? What's the offer going to be? And how do you scale on social media? And do you use paid advertising? Like there's just like a countless list of things that you have to check off to start to make progress. So what made you choose this path? The, the Maverick Mastermind specifically utilizing the scaling up curriculum that focuses on scaling the whole business versus diving into something that's solely specific to marketing or solely specific to social media? Like what, what drew you to this way of learning? I really like the holistic approach and just having, I mean, we started really big picture with the vision and then kind of kept narrowing down. But to be honest, the decision to jump into the mastermind was for me really spontaneous. And one of the least thought out things that I've done, um, which tend to be my best decisions anyways. Um, <laughs> it, it was very serendipitous, I guess. It was one of those things where I had really never heard of you or scaling up or any of those things. I was a, a couple podcasts that I listened to. Um, but when we were getting ready to move in our little Wisconsin back to my hometown, which is like the, just a whole lot of cheese and cows, um, and I was looking, I was doing some searching on a Facebook group and I happened to see, this is where it's like really creepy story, um, but I happened to see a, like a question that you had posted in there and you were standing in front of a barn and I don't know what it was about this barn. And it, this, like, this is the part of the story that makes zero sense, but somehow I ended up down the rabbit hole of your blog and all your different things. And I realized that I knew 
the reason I knew the barn is because I know the family that used to live there. And it turns out you're in and my you home. have been my stalker for the last 10 years and have followed yeah. everything. <laughs> Super creepy person over here. <laughs> I, I remember you telling me that and you're like, I hope this isn't creepy. Like really <laughs> creepy, but also, <laughs> and then I was like, well, I should at least listen to her podcast and just see. Um, and this was like, it had to be mid-January because it was right before it started. And I listened to an episode and you talked about the mastermind. And I just thought that's what I need. I need direction. I need group accountability. And even though I felt like I wasn't necessarily ready or the timing was crazy because we were about to move, but I applied anyway. And, and things just continued to fall into place really well. I'm with you on making those spontaneous decisions sometimes much to my husband's dismay. They're usually expensive decisions too when I'm being spontaneous. <laughs> but that I don't know, to me that's like when you're operating from your intuition and usually when you're tapped into that you're you're being guided, you know, it it's how it's supposed to be. And I just, it's been so cool getting to work alongside you through this and watching how, despite the fact that you did come into this at a crazy time in your life, which by the way, we talk about all the time in the mastermind that the six months of this mastermind, literally right after it started, like COVID and quarantine and all this chaos hit. So it was kind of this blessing in disguise that we all had this virtual, really tight knit virtual community to go through the, the ups and downs and the business ups and downs and pivots that came with life throwing us so many curveballs. So you thought your move was going to be the craziest part, but then we stepped into the like next level crazy. Um, but it's been so awesome and such a testimony to you and your work ethic, because every time that you showed up to, to the group and to our calls, you know, it's cliche, but what you put into things is really what you get out and you've put so much into it. And as evidenced by what you've been getting out, like you have created the successes and the wins for yourself throughout these six months in the mastermind. And thankfully we're continuing on with another six months together. Uh, so I can only imagine what the next levels are going to be for you, but speak a little bit to maybe they can be business specific or just mindset, whatever it is, but like some of the aha moments you may have had throughout the course of mastermind or the curriculum that you've walked through. So I think the biggest one for me has been to really play with different ways that I can serve new moms and current moms. I've had a lot of blocks that I didn't know I had that have kind of uncovered working through the mastermind. And I know one of the ones for me was the idea of having a course or a program where I was guiding other people felt like a sheer impossibility and I would never do that. And that's been something that as we worked through the program, I was able to run a beta group of, or like a beta test run of my program. Um, and we're actually kicking off a second beta in a couple weeks. And I realized that while I mean, I'm obviously not a mental health specialist or a therapist, but I am a teacher and I do have some talents, I guess, in that arena of bringing some of the bigger, higher level topics um, around mindset and vision for moms um, and bringing that down to a more concrete, tangible level for them. I'm trying to think to some other blocks. Finances has been a huge one. Yeah, we're working on that with you. Yeah, we're working on that. That's got a ways to go. Um, but I think the aha moments just being 
what the possibilities really are and just pushing past my idea of what this could be. Just even speaking on a podcast was not something I even considered or having articles published. None of those things were even in my sights at that time. Yeah. And you're being humble because that's who you are. But, you know, for the listeners, like Emily has crushed it. Like her beta test went incredibly well and was very profitable. And then she has launched this Ugly Honest community, which I've been in a bajillion of these Facebook groups, both mom-related, business-related, everything in between. I have never seen one birthed so quickly and so bit. I mean, you had like well over a thousand people within a couple of days and it's just been growing and growing. And the, it's the activity in there, like this is a place that these women are actively seeking out every day because of the content you're putting out and the community that you fostered. And that's just the beginning. And there's so much being born from that. And so many, uh, ways that you can serve these people at a higher level and you are, but also bring in the multiple income streams for yourself versus having to feel like you're just putting in time and not making any of the money. So it's been really cool to watch you, you know, grow in that and have those breakthroughs. And speaking of, we can embarrass you now. Let's talk about some of those, those wins and the progress you've seen. So you came on the scene in the red writing blogs for, you know, this ugly, honest blog that you created now, what are some of the, the tangible wins that you've seen in a very, very short window of time? The biggest win for sure has been the Facebook community. That has been just kind of a surprise. And it was, some, it was an idea that I had been toying with. And I actually, I found back in my notes um, that I had asked you about it in one of the office hour type things. And you had said, well, like, if you're going to do that, you better be really clear on what you want it to look like. And you need to have the purpose of it. And I waited and the, the group, I finally hit publish on it in June. And like you had said, it grew so quickly. And even, I think just for me, it was really important that it was a safe space for moms to just kind of bear their hearts and talk about the things that we're not supposed to talk about. And from the beginning, moms were sharing about miscarriage, fertility, all the things in their welcome introduction posts. Um, so that's been really positive and empowering and fun to see. Um, and that's definitely for me the biggest win. Um, that, and I think now I have created my own signature program, my method that I am growing in confidence with and looking forward to bringing that to more, more mamas too. Yeah. And I know that you, you know, you struggle with what so many moms, women struggle with. I've never seen any of my men clients, male clients struggle with this is the idea of um, building, you know, wealth or income around your mission. But the reality is, is that all these women in this community are getting so much value from you. And there's a next level of value that can't just come through a Facebook group. They're going to be grateful beyond measure, the ones that are ready and, and primed for this when you continue to bring your next level content methods, strategies, tangible, value-driven offerings to people. And you can't apologize for that. Like you, you are going to be celebrated for it, Emily. And it's already like, I know that's a, a fear, like, man, I don't want to charge people, but you have the opportunity to go into 
your next level of teaching and serving these people like at a deeper level and yes, it will cost something, but yes, they will be ready and they will be excited. And you're fostering such a beautiful community. And like you said, such a safe space. And that comes directly from you and who you are and how you've set this up. This is not coincidence. I've been in so many moms groups that I've removed myself from because they're so toxic. They're so negative. They're so just vile. Like I, I, I can't even be in there and witness it because I can't keep my big mouth shut. Some of the things I see saying that were just like terrible. So I just totally remove myself and I'm in your community and I look forward to seeing what people are talking about and are posting because it's just, it's the opposite of everything I've personally experienced. You've kind of flipped the concept of mom groups on its head for me. So I'm so pumped. I already have like a billion ideas of what we're going to do in the next six months, but tell me a little bit about now that like the wheels are in motion, there's income behind this. you you have people that are like actively seeking out what you're doing. And I know for you, like getting you to uncork the real vision and take the, the walls off is still like a battle, but that's okay. Give me now the trajectory and the vision of where, you know, the uncapped vision of where you want to take ugly, honest and yourself in this process. Still a little capped, but I think if I were to dream really big, well, the, the smaller, like more tangible goals, um, I'm really excited to do this next round of my program and then hopefully have a more automated version that can I can bring to market and hopefully launch in January sometime with the new year. And that's really exciting to me. I'm also hoping to do more public speaking when that is a possibility again. And I guess if I'm really dreaming and stretching, I think about, you know, writing for a bigger audience and something like a book, but it's still very touchy. <laughs> All right. We'll keep, we got another six months locked and loaded. We'll be good. Um, okay. So just to, because the coach and me cannot let you off this call without helping you with something, anything that you want to flesh out or have been thinking about big or small that we can kind of talk through here together today. I think the thing that I could really use a little help with is some of my email sequencing. And I don't know mm. if that's, you know, kind of like a detailed thing, but I, haven't done the best job of gathering emails all the time, but I'm working on that. Um, but I think I need to just think about some different ways that I can build in some of those nurture sequences and just make sure that I'm connecting to people as well as I can. Yeah. So as much as the Facebook group is a great place to foster community, you really want to make sure you're showing up in their inbox individually because that's more personal and it's oftentimes where your people are going to ultimately convert convert 40 times more likely than in on social media, including in Facebook groups. So when you are launching, you really want to make sure that you've primed that pump mm-hmm. in email before launch and you have a level of consistency with your, uh, with your nurture sequences and what you're putting out there. You don't want to go right into a sales sequence before you've really nurtured that list. Now, one important thing is to make sure you're segmenting your list. I know we've gone over this a little bit, but the the power in segmenting is like every single opt-in that I put out there, I try to segment it, even if multiple people might ultimately get the same nurture sequence because they're all in a similar category. I still want to know how, what channel they came in through so that I can support them accordingly. Some things that I do for nurture sequences is I have on the calendar every month, 
a couple of days totally blocked off for writing copy and creating nurture sequences. It's how I work best is in block time and similar to you under pressure. I know you work well under pressure. So I kind of like put a time frame in and I put way more on my plate than I should in that time frame to write out some nurture sequences. And the rhythm of my nurture sequences, I personally don't like and have never opened, even though I've signed up for many the whole newsletter style, like where every Monday you get, you know exactly what you're going to get from the person. I prefer for there to be a level of consistency, like knowing that every week I'm going to hear from somebody, but I don't want it to be so rhythmic where it's like, I'm going to get that recipe every Monday. That's just not my style. I prefer to hear from them in a, almost like they're like actually emailing me and really personalize those emails. I've seen people do it so many different ways. But that's, that's the, the, those are the ones that I open. So with the nurture sequences, is there something specific like you want to know about it just so I don't go rambling on about everything nurture sequence related? No, I think not too much specific. I think just the length of it, how to space it out mm-hmm. and at what point, you know, to drop a tripwire or a smaller offer in there. Yeah. I so- want to hit on that because one thing that's super important is let's say you launch two times a year and you have big launches two times a year. You don't want to only sell to your list two times a year because they're not going to be trained to buy. And oftentimes if your offer is a bigger offer, a more expensive offer, they're going to want to get a taste of something a little bit more affordable to make, to like get that comfort zone of like, I'm paying for something that Emily just sold me. So I love the idea of a tripwire in there to start to train your audience, even if it's like a $7 offer an ebook, a template, um, you know, something that is simple and condensed of value that would normally be a little more expensive, but you reduce the price to start to train them into that buying mode. It could be a workshop that you put together, but they only get access to it if they're purchasing it. So the rhythm of nurture sequences that I like is you do like two thirds nurturing and during those that nurturing, I give freebies, I do videos for them. Um, I try to really, almost like social media, have enough variety. I don't want to talk about the same thing over and over and over, but I'm also always paying attention to anything that I'm going to have launching. So my nurture sequence will start to meld into teeing up what my sales sequence will ultimately be teeing up. So it's kind of like... I'm always looking at my calendar by the year at least so that I know like, okay, I'm launching this in the new year. We're, you know, halfway through the year. I'm going to, I'm not necessarily talking about that offer, but I'm talking about things that will align when I get to the sales sequence part. So I like the idea of tripwires. I like the idea of additional opt-ins, even within email. People don't do this a lot, but it helps you to continue to segment your list. So even though they already opted in because they're already on your list, if you give them, let's say like a few weeks into it, you have another opt-in that would more speak to the audience that would purchase something that you have coming down the pike, you get them to opt in again. And now they're segmented even more specifically on your list, but it's still free for them. They opted in via email, but now you have them like on another more segmented list. Um, And I would say as far as frequency, that's really, you've got to find your groove with that. I like to show up in the inbox bare minimum once a week, 
more than likely two times a week. Then when I'm getting closer to pre-launch, it's going up three times a week sales sequence. I'm like every day in there. Um, so that's just kind of my rhythm with it, but consistency is king. So although it doesn't have to be every Monday, it's, if it's, it should be every week. Like you should be in there every week and you can find out more about what your people are specifically seeking too. you know, a lot, for example, like your audience, a lot of those moms might be homeschooling soon. You're a teacher. Like, can you put together some resources that you think would be valuable because it's back to school time. And a lot of these people are homeschooling. So do things based on the season, you know, based on what they're going through at that time, you have the big bonus of having a community of your ideal clients. So you can ask them. You can ask them what they want. You're going to create your products based on what they're talking about. You know, you're going to be paying attention to keeping a finger on the pulse of what their struggles are, what their desires are, what they're going through at different moments in time and give them more of that. But most of your energy in the nurture sequences should just be like value, things that they would really appreciate. That makes sense. And that's something that I definitely need to keep fleshing out and and I like your suggestion to have time blocking because yes, I, I use the time that I have, um, right. anyone else. So, yeah. And the thing with time blocking for email sequences, especially since you write, you know, you're comfortable writing, I put a timer on, I know, and I bang out as much as I possibly can. And I try to pay it. Like, I know that I'm way, my brain is way more fresh during the hours of like 8 a.m., to like 11 a.m. or is like my most creative, awake, alert, inspired time. I like writing email copy or social media copy or any kind of content that my audience is going to be receiving. I want to create it when I'm in a space of inspiration and energy. So if you're a night owl and you're like 8 to 10 p.m. after the kids go to bed, I usually use that time to clean the kitchen, but I'm, I am inspired and I get a lot of ideas, switch it up pick one of those nights during the week to do your copy then. Um, because if you try to just grind through copy when you're exhausted and don't care, it's going to come out in your emails versus if you're like smiling and happy and writing and inspired and excited about what you're putting on paper, that will come through as well. No, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm like you, I like to work in the morning. That's yeah. generally my best, my best time too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. Just schedule it in your, your, you don't even need to do it weekly. You know, when you're, maybe when you're going into a launch and writing a ton more copy for a sales sequence, sure. But uh, when you're just in nurture sequence mode, it's not even that many emails and they don't have to be long and you can, you can add, um, they can be short and sweet. They can be lengthier, like a, a people appreciate a good story. And then the PS of a nurture sequence, like the actual PS at the end of the email, they found that like data is showing that people sometimes will scroll all the way down just to see if there's a PS. So that's maybe where you throw in the opt-in or the, the tripwire or something. And, but the body of the email is a story they can resonate with or a clip of a video that you put together or whatever it might be. I like that idea a lot. And and in the group right now, I've been doing like a weekly theme on different things. So I wonder if I could kind of use that email to recap the week before or like bring up a story from it, something that came up or, mm -hmm. and then also to kind of introduce the following weeks. Yeah. And you want to make, since you don't have everyone in the group's email, you want to make, you want to give the people in the group a reason to be on the email list. So you don't want to regurgitate stuff that was already in the group because then there's no reason for them to be on the list. But if you're like, 
hey, girls in the group, you don't want to miss this week's email about XYZ. It's only going to be available in my email. Here's how you get on the list. Then there's some exclusivity to it. And if they want access to it, they've got to switch gears and go over there. Mm -hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I have... I haven't dropped or used all the freebies that I've created over the last couple of months. So I can definitely put some of those into use too. Good. Yeah. And you know, anything like that, people really appreciate. Well, Emily, you are rocking. I'm super proud of you. I am. I, we took a month off at the time of this recording from the between mastermind sessions, but I'm like eager to get back to it and just love watching you put the wheels in motion with everything you're doing. And really just because you're coming from such a place of serving and that's why you're, you're making the, you know, leaps and strides that you really are is because you're coming from the right place. So thank you for taking the time to chat with us today and cluing us in on everything and how things are going. And uh, we have a freebie from Emily that is going to be linked in the show notes. So make sure you head over there. She has an awesome mom guilt guide because Lord knows we all struggle with that. And so go on over to the show notes and check that out so you don't miss out on uh, Emily's amazing guide. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.